The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome to the very first episode of Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I'm Marissa Q. Payne. And I'm Dr. James Payne. And listen, we are thrilled that you are with us for today's podcast. Baby, we got a podcast. They didn't fool around and gave us a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a long time coming, but I'm super, super excited. Absolutely. Life, Love, and Leadership, it's something that is critical to us as part of our story, and we wanted to really engage a podcast that gave us an opportunity to uh, help share transparently many of the lessons that we have learned along the journey. I like life, love, and leadership because I feel like it represents a bunch of who we are. Mm. Um, Like you said, um, we've been kicking it for a minute, Mm. Um, 30 years, actually, almost. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. And I'm one of us getting old. I just want to point that out. I'm not sure who that is. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, <laughs> but I think that, um, you know, like you said, we've had life resiliency. Um, definitely, you know, a 30 year love affair is um, something to talk about. And then um, leadership is kind of who we are. I think mm. just, you know, outside of our personal life professionally, and um, that's kind of who we show up. So I think it's a good summary of who we are and sort of um, what we're hoping to bring. I I want to um, share, I want to be real, mm. right, um, with people. And because I feel like um, there's not enough real out there. There's a plenty of buttoned up professionalism, plenty of Sunday morning church dressed up to go, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not enough talking about what's happening, you know, when we get home and take the suits and dresses off. Absolutely. So you mean uh, people can actually uh, fight all the way to church and get out of church and just grin and say, good morning. God bless you. God is the greatest. Yes. And you're talking about church. So we should probably introduce ourselves a little bit. You know what? That's a great idea. Let me start by making introduction uh, to the woman that I get to share life with. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, she is absolutely stupendous, incredible, and amazing. (laughs) Uh, She blushing in front of me, y'all. She is a boss. Uh, She is a great mother, a great wife, a great sister, a great friend. Uh, She is highly educated. Uh, She holds a master's degree from the Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Yep, I say that every month. I send them a little donation for our... (laughs) Yep, yep. I say whoop, whoop every month. We're not talking about that. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. Uh, But she is absolutely incredible. Uh, She has such great courage, such great strength. Uh, She is the mother of our three amazing young adult children uh, who give us all kind of crazy headaches. And I could not (laughs) imagine doing life with anybody else besides her. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to some and introduce to others the great, the grand Marissa Q. Payne. You're such a cornball. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. I don't know if they know much about me, but I certainly appreciate it. Google her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that means I need to introduce you. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> Tough act to follow, but um, it's easy to do. Dr. James Payne Jr. Mm. Um, is 
uh, an incredible uh, man of God. You're a minister, um, a father, obviously, uh, and an amazing husband. Uh, PhD, earned PhD in education, uh, healthcare administrator. Um, and I think what I love about you the most um, is the growth that mm-hmm. I've seen in your life journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, from community college to PhD mm-hmm. is pretty boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, um, just, you know, who you were when we got married and who you are today are just, you know, completely different. Mm. And the courage that it takes, the humility that it takes to make that kind of transition in your life, I, I absolutely positively love it. He's a servant. Um, he is uh, an amazing partner in life. And so um, I think uh, our listeners are blessed to be able to have you um, join us. Hey, listen, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. So let's talk about the show. What um, people can expect, or at least what we have planned. Um, and so, again, I I don't know from if you can tell yet, but I tend to be a little more progressive. Listen, progressive is a terrible term. Okay. Uh, let me back you up on that. Okay. So uh, we are, in the context of our relationship, we have uh, conservative and we have liberal. Uh, I'm extremely conservative. My wife is extremely liberal. How that will play out in the context of this show is there's something called tea that I'm learning about. <laughs> And she will be the one to give you all the tea. All the tea. And I will be the one to answer in yes, no phrases, <laughs> plus minus answers, uh, and, and to be very, very conservative. But, you know, she's trying to pull me out of my shell, so we'll see what, right. what happens. So it's not so much political, but you are academic yes. at your core, mm-hmm. um, which means you like to teach, and you're a profound teacher. I love hearing you teach. I appreciate that. However... <laughs> Um, sometimes, you know, I need translation. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's great. What are you talking about? So I'm a translator. Uh, I think I'm an expert in failing forward. <laughs> yes, I am a pro at failing forward. I, I nice. challenge anybody who has failed forward better than me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, especially in the context of relationship. From my standpoint, I think we've done a number of things wrong. So here's what I learned. Failing forward, I mean, growth is something that is normal. Uh, It's natural. Uh, And I learned that the the world is bigger in in terms of paradigm uh, than what I I grew up with. So I I grew up uh, in just seeing the world in one vein and uh, trying to make everything and everyone in my space conform to what I had normalized uh, as as a result of my my upbringing, which I had a a wonderful upbringing. I grew up in a two-parent family uh, with uh, an older brother. Uh, and uh, we were a family of faith. My dad, I'm a PK. My dad uh, was a, a minister as well. Uh, and so we were very staunch in terms of how we applied faith in, in, in our house. You know, there were certain uh, immediate rules that just kind of had to be followed. You needed to be uh, in pretty close around the street light time. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and so. And then you met me. And then I met. Uh, so, yeah, I was a very concerned conservative growing up and then I met this this wow liberal <laughs> uh, 
and it was uh, it, it was a shock. And so, you know, it, it just growing to understand. Mind uh, you, I'm 14 years old. It doesn't have or to be 13, how I actually, see. Actually, when we met. Yep, you're 13. I'm 14. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we start trying to. But court. I was a wild liberal. You were a wild liberal, <laughs> by my estimation, by my worldview. Right. Pray for me. Because I didn't buy into you right away. The nerve. Well, it takes time for you know you to see things sometimes. But I'll, I'll make my attempt at telling the story. Okay. So I met my wife. Uh, uh, she was 13. I was 14. We met at a church convention uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, as uh, young young people. And uh, so she's a PK as well. Uh, and so we had these. Kind of. I mean, my grandfather, not my dad. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. You understand what I'm saying. But I appreciate the clarity, though, Some the semantical clarity. <laughs> um but it, so we were uh, at a church convention and it was um, a break in between sessions. And I just saw uh, this uh, uh, young woman, this young girl uh, sitting by herself. I later found out she was sitting kind of waiting for me to come. I was not waiting capture for the you. moment. I was waiting for it was a oh, my gosh. Let me tell the story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So we're at church on a break and um, I was by myself and I saw this group of guys, you know, in the like in the back of the church, just kind of goofing off or what have you. And I just went and sat down um, on the pew sort of across from them and just waited. Um, And I knew someone would approach me because that's what boys do. And you just so happen to be the boy. Wow. Okay. So I was a random selection. <laughs> this is hilarious. No, we, but we now know it was divine, right? Sure. Right. Yes. But when you approached me, you were like cocky, arrogant, and I was like totally turned off by it. And so you asked for my number. I gave you a number, but it wasn't my number. <laughs> that was very rude. <laughs> That did happen, and so my holla uh, did not work. Right. She gave me the wrong phone number, and uh, I made the decision that I would not pursue her at this wrong phone number. Because <laughs> you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that was year one. So fast forward a year later, we're back at the convention, you know, um, and he shows up again on a break, and he's like, Marissa, right? And I was just like you know my name like stop it um but I don't remember you know what you did but you made some improvements and um you got the number that year so as a qualifier um I would just like to say uh I was fairly successful with the young ladies at the convention I don't know what was in her (laughs) kool-aid But eventually she got on board. (laughs) So much arrogance. Oh, my gosh. Um, But you won, you know, and the rest, as they say, is history. We basically dated throughout our teenage years, all throughout high school, um, college, had our first baby and um, got married. Hmm. I don't know that we had the fairy tale engagement and, you know, all of that like normal people uh what's normal not us (laughs) (laughs) 
No, we did not have uh, the, the fairy tale normal, uh, as you refer to it, uh, whereby you go through uh, college, you graduate, you have an earned degree, you have a job, and <laughs> you are financially ready to take on uh, a relationship and, and, and create a family and that sort of thing. That was not the path that uh, we elected uh, through our choices and decisions. We, we jumped several of those uh, stages. Yeah, and we paid for it. And so we, for I, it. we had the baby first, first mm-hmm. of all. And I think after becoming a mother, I, you know, was tired of kind of the back and forth. And, you know, our relationship was very up and down. You were not really into college, kind of pretending to be in college sometimes, you know, sometimes working, sometimes not. And our relationship was on again, off again. It was just, you know, we were young. It was tumultuous. Um, And so I said, I'm I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And um, your response was to propose. Yes, my <laughs> my response was to propose. Uh, I, I, I had enough sense to know that I didn't want to lose uh, uh, my girl um, and I didn't want to lose uh, the family that we were uh, creating and, and kind of working uh, to create. And so uh, I didn't have any of the tools needed uh, to be a husband. Uh, barely tools to be a father, although I saw an amazing example of a father and my own dad. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I took up that leap of faith and I said, marry me. And I and, said yes. And in like your wisdom, <laughs> you said yes. And I think within what? three four months so? I think it was it was in July and we got married September 1st yeah 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 it was, it was quick and uh, we were married and uh, so marriage went really easy after that right no sir no? Okay. <laughs> okay. it right. was a train wreck <laughs> <laughs> it was a train wreck our first year was um, very traumatic uh, you know it's, it I had lost my grandmother um, so that was my matriarch and best friend um, so I was grieving. My teenage sister came to live with us. We had a newborn baby and we were, I was in college. I don't think you were, um, but we, you know, we're in this small apartment, no money, so much pressure and stress. Um, and then, you know, you became very controlling or, um, and actually became abusive. It was a mess. Well, I, I needed to uh, try to control my, my environment. And uh, I think that tied back into uh, the conservative and the liberal uh, when, you know, you, you don't have control in other areas of your life mm-hmm. and you're, you're kind of grasping at straws uh, to have control of something. Uh, I think it's easy to try to control the closest thing to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just happened to be you. <laughs> Good luck You're with contestant that. number one. <laughs> uh, yes. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not happily ever after. <laughs> not even a little bit. Um, and so I think having the ability to now circle back and uh, laugh at the things that tripped us up along the way.
will be a big blessing to ourselves. Uh, it's therapeutic to, to work through it uh, and also a blessing for other people to know that, hey, what you're going through is common. common. Uh, it's common. It's common. Not easy, though. Not easy. Necessarily. Uh, not necessarily easy at all. So one of my favorite segments of the show is the fight of the week. Mm. Um, and so speaking of tea, the fight of the week is where we will share and kind of break down uh, argument mm-hmm. that we've had that week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and kind of talk about it. So we will give our own tea <laughs> about what's happening again. Like I said, and I'm a social worker by training. So um, I love people and I think people relate to people. And so we want to be relatable. So why was it important to include this segment? So again, I think it's critical to show people what love really looks like, Hmm. long lasting love, um, what it really looks like behind closed doors. And um, for us in particular, because we are in, you know, leadership positions and, you know, we take photo shoots and look good. um, People think that that's the image, right? The Cosby show thing. But oh my gosh, like, and we'll probably get into it a little bit more, but where we've come from, like we have arguments. We, you talked about our quote unquote, lovely young adult children whom I do love. Shout out to my kids. Um, But that empty nest ish life. Oh my gosh. Like it's something, you know, I like one of them today and the next day is another one because it's it's drama um and so i wanted to do fight of the week because i wanted people to know that we fight (laughs) like Mm -hmm. we put on you know pants just like everybody else and i i hope that they will see themselves in us Mm -hmm. um and in our um the stuff that we go through and try to normalize it Mm -hmm. so fight of the week got it got it so this week's heated debate of the week Mm. um we were talking about about um, traditional roles Mm. or more specifically um, cooking uh, dinner in particular. And so obviously, you know, well, I shouldn't say obviously because it's not obvious, but when our children were younger, I took, you know, um, the... What's the word I'm looking for? More initiative. Yes, thank you. I'm struggling here. Um, I took more initiative um, to, you know, prepare the meal for Mm -hmm. in the evening when we got home um, because the kids needed to eat. And so I've done that for 20 years. The kids are, what, uh, 19, 21, and And 24. 24. And so, but obviously as they've transitioned out, now we are, you know, empty nest-ish, I say, because we have two kids in college, so they, you know, come and go. Um, But, you know, two able-bodied adults, busy in their careers, working. I travel quite a bit, you know. So the cooking, you know, has not been the priority in my life probably for the last, I would say at least the last year. Um, (laughs) Are you laughing? I'm sorry. Yeah, you grossly misrepresented that number. But, But, you know, hey, it's your story here. Go for it. Anyway, so we're in the kitchen. And to me, out of nowhere, you're just like, you know, it would be nice if you took some um, action in the kitchen. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Like, where is this coming from? 
And um, I can't remember exactly what I said, but the conversation actually continued by text um, later. We sometimes have spillover um, in our discussions. And so um, there was something uh, that I did, I think, um, that's more akin to my contribution to our partnership um, at our level, um, securing a speaking engagement or something like that. And I was just like, see, this is what your help me does versus is doing um, you know what your mom does or her contribution your mother whom I love um, you know but she was a you know more traditional homemaker um, I don't know how she did it actually but she because she also worked but you know she kept a meticulous house and she cooked you know the meals all of that um, kind of tradition and for me that just ne- you know wasn't necessarily you know my thing and so the conversation kind of spilled over into text and you know you were just kind of like I'm not trying trying to make you be my mom and you know so it just kind of blew up you know a little bit from there well I think the the best thing you said in all of the narrative you shared was I don't remember (laughs) (laughs) because because so much of that was off base (sighs) um it it, it was not uh, me saying you need to be more active in the kitchen uh my request was this Babe, I need you to take greater accountability uh, for uh, uh, intersecting yourself into how we share meals together and that kind of thing. Uh, so that, that sounds so academic. But I it, guarantee you that's not how you said that. <laughs> but is, I hear you. It is absolutely how I said it. Um, and um, it, it's, it's the exact words that were said. Oh, my gosh. I can't with you. Listen, you have to understand, in a fight, objectively, however it shows up in my head is correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, this needless to say, this created a bit of riff um, in our relationship uh, for a few days. And uh, how did we get over it? Well, I think uh, we got over it a few different ways. Uh, the first way we got over it was just to kind of calm down uh, and to just take a breath, just just breathe. I think part of the uh, struggle that you experience when you're engaged in a fight uh, is you're not thinking well. And this is something you share when you're working with uh, groups and you teach, and I've heard you say this before, uh, when you're at your angriest is when you're at your stupidest. Right. Uh, and, and so definitely just taking a minute to recalibrate uh, and, and calm yourself down before re-engaging uh, in a more responsible way. So I think the first thing we did was just kind of calm down. Right. After a few little snide comments um, along the way. Just, well, what's a good fight without snide comments? I know. <laughs> You know, because I feel like every so for the next couple of days, like I was feeling self-conscious, you know, and I mean, and, and I think some of that, to be honest, was a bit of conviction. So, again, you know, we are people of faith. You know, some people call it conscious. I call it conviction because I believe that, um, you know, God lives in me and he corrects me as needed. And so when I say conviction, if you're listening, if you're attuned to spirit, the spirit will guide you when you are off 
right, in your interpersonal relationships. And so, um, like I said, that was a trigger. You saying that was a trigger because I was already thinking and feeling it. Um, You know, I find you to be uh, such a servant, right, so kind. For a period of time, you were, you know, making breakfast and I was doing dinner. Um, We had a good system going and I had abandoned that system um, and had gotten really comfortable in it because I was pretty absorbed in my world and what was going on in my world. The kids weren't there anymore. And so there was some adjustment necessary. And so hearing you actually say it out loud um, was just kind of like, you know, it was like salt in an open wound, which, of Mm. course, you didn't even know this was happening already in my head. But, you know, of course, initially it's like, you know, take offense because, you know, I'm defensive. So that's easier. It's easier to take offense than to um, actually, you know, Hmm. be mature and say, sure, okay, I'll do better. But ultimately, I needed to do better. Bottom line. Wow. Wow. I appreciate that. Oh, let me deal with these snide remarks. Snide remarks show up not only in the language you use, but also in your body language, your facial expressions, uh, and all the different uh, methods through which we communicate with other people. Uh, so the issue um, is chicken pie pie. Okay, my wife makes the most amazing chicken pie pie, and I had asked her to make a chicken pie pie. And so uh, we're we're driving and I had asked her earlier to make a chicken pie pie to which she never responded. She just rolled her eyes <laughs> at me uh, and literally left it there. I said, OK, I guess now's a bad time. <laughs> To, to get into this topic. So I dropped it. I didn't say anything more about it. I hate and this show. <laughs> and so we're driving uh, home. We're, we're close to, we live near a grocery store. We're driving home, getting off on our ramp off the freeway. And the grocery store is to the left. And she says in the, one of the most angry t- <laughs> terms, I don't have the stuff I need. <laughs> you don't have the stuff you need. For what? Chicken pie pie. <laughs> And so I said, so do you want me to go to the store and pick up the stuff you need? And uh, for her, that's a silly question because her telling me she didn't have stuff she needs. So long story short, uh, those were the type of snide remarks. Uh, At the end of the day, she got the ingredients, uh, although she refused to go in the store and pick them out. (laughs) Uh, She got the ingredients. She made the chicken pot pie. It was delicious, but it was a struggle to get there. My listening ears weren't initially on. And I, um, one of the things we talk about is, or one of the things I've heard recently that has really stuck with me is that offense um, or defense is the first act of war. So listening ears is about, like I said, there's a difference between what's said and what's communicated. Mm. And in interpersonal relationships, it's important to work to hear what's being communicated um, and not necessarily get caught up in the words, right? You can have a whole argument about you said this, you said this, you said this. No, that's not what I said, right? And we get caught up in semantics. Mm -hmm. No, what I said was the, not the, right? And then you're in a whole spiral over 
What? Well, Nothing. If I can just interrupt your thought for one second. I apologize about semantics, but I'm a PhD. My word game is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Which is so hard to live with on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> so, um, and... All due respect, Dr. Payne, your listening game is not as strong as it could be. I'll take that. Given your education. I'll take that. (laughs) Because you, you know, so when I say something, I don't know, it's like um, you are already processing ahead of time or like it's like you're solving or you're anticipating. And so you sometimes will respond. And I'm just like based on something completely different than what I actually said and or communicated. And so the listening ears um, is seek first to understand, right, then to be understood um, and really make sure you're un- you're hearing what your mate is communicating, um, even if it's not packaged in the best presentation. Right. Mm. We all need a little grace mm. in this thing if we're going to make it. Sure. And so um, hearing what's being said um, versus sticking on the words that were said or, um, you know, something else, giving you know, giving your mate the benefit of the doubt Hmm. and actually saying, again, if you're offended, that's a good indication that you didn't hear what they said, because typically, right, if we're not in the heat of battle, you assume your spouse loves you and they're coming with positive intent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even though it might be a difficult conversation or something to bridge, the goal is to really hear them Mm. so that, again, when you hear what they're communicating, even if the words were a little messy, it can bridge you to, you know, get to resolution Mm. so that you attack the problem, Mm -hmm. not the person. I agree with that. And one of the shocks of recognition that just popped up for me is when uh, hurt and offense kind of, get together yeah you know that Mm. positive intent kind of goes out of the window Mm. uh, in in that you don't necessarily get the person's heart when they're dealing with hurt and offense yeah they lose the that positive intent yeah hurt people hurt people hurt people hurt people and so when you hear something and you take offense like by default you're already on the defensive Mm -hmm. and it clouds you know what comes next right so what you think and what you feel affects what you do and so I think when I heard it you know it was kind of like a slap in the face and 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 again honestly some of it was conviction um, because I do think that you know, you you have been so gracious and uh, patient. Um, not that it's necessarily my only job. And for the record, I can cook. To be clear, and that's the <laughs> issue because she can burn, like she can absolutely burn. But we don't find out until Christmas. <laughs> So, like, once a year, we are waiting with bated breath, with forks and knives in hand, saying the food is coming. I don't got to go out today. The food is coming. So, I think to some extent, it wasn't even really you. It was really, some of it was me and really feeling guilty my own self about how much I had pulled out Mm. um, completely. Mm -hmm. And so, I wasn't really able to hear um, exactly what you were saying. I still don't think you said it that nice. I know you didn't. But um, but I wasn't able to hear the sentiment of what you were saying. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get caught up in the words mm-hmm. and we miss what 
what's actually being communicated. Sure, sure. Um, so for the next couple of days, I kind of, you know, it was top of mind for me mm-hmm. regularly. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, what do you want to eat today? Yeah. What do you, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And so, so the, the second part for me uh, is I, I wanted to explain myself mm-hmm. uh, because I, I recognized immediately that you felt a certain way about what was said and that you interpreted that and your filters a certain way. So I wanted to explain that, no, I'm not asking you to be my mom. This is how I'm asking you to show up in this experience. Mm-hmm. You know, because part of my issue with it was uh, the need to uh, figure out what we were doing, pick it up, pay for it, bring it home, and basically serve it on a tray seven days a week. Uh, that grew to be a little weary and annoying. And I said, she can be involved in some component of how we share meals together. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And I told you a good reservation that I didn't have to make. That that works, too. That applies, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think explaining uh, what I meant to kind of help bridge that offense gap was really helpful. Yeah, help I think. And forward. I heard you better. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you said, you know, when I get off, you know, figuring out what we're doing, I typically have to initiate that conversation, go get it, bring it home. And I don't necessarily want to do that every day. Um, and so I heard it differently. And then I started making an effort to do something about it. Once I opened myself to actually hear you and to hear that it, you weren't having the expectation that I was preparing dinner every night because um, that was not going to work, um, then I was able to be a little more receptive. Mm. And we worked it out. Yes, we worked it out. Yay. Yay. So that is basically how our tea of the week will go. (laughs) And um, I think I always say that um, if I think about our relationship um, or our marriage over 25 years, uh, the first five or so were hell. Uh, Maybe the next five, let's say the next five were hard. Um, And then, you know, the next five were average, right? We were making progress. Um, And so, you know, then I would say the last seven years or so have been amazing. Mm. But that's a 15 year (laughs) uh, training ground Mm. (laughs) to get to where we are. Sure. Um, And I think so when we say that the podcast is a long time coming, um, that's what we mean. And now, you know, through the Foundation for Successful Marriages, which we've created, um, we're really intending to um, shorten the curve for other people, mm. like um, to really help couples um, avoid some of the uh, mistakes that we made. Sure. You know, like you say all the time, you don't have to get all your um, clothes. All new, your life lessons. All your life off lessons. The, off the new rack, get some of those chokers off the, off the gently used. Yes, exactly. I think the other two segments we have, um, typically we'll always have a topic of the day um, that we'll talk about. And then the other piece is where um, you can get involved because we want your tea as well. Um, And so we're really looking and hoping that you make us work by giving us your questions, your scenarios that we process um, on the show as well. Um, I think that that we want this to be a 
what's a conversation with three or more people? Because it's not a dialogue. Um, but we don't want to just sit here and talk to ourselves. We want to talk to you as well. So you can talk back to us. Um, you can submit your questions and comments and feedbacks on the website, um, successfulmarriages.org. Um, we're also on um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, so you can hit Successful Marriages there or either Dr. James Payne or Marissa Q. Payne. Um, we're in all things social as well. So DM us, inbox us, um, or submit it on the website. And um, we'd love to have a little banter about your scenario as well and see what we can all learn together. Absolutely. We're looking to grow. We're looking to help build sustainable relationships and help people get further faster in the context of marriage and relationships. Yeah, normalize it. Yeah. So that's our goal. That's our heart is to um, use our story as a canvas um, to help you be more successful in your relationships. This is Life, Love and Leadership. The Life, Love and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.